0: So I want to welcome those of you who are watching on television. And uh, today we welcome you to our next session in the series. It's a series of foundational principles. It's found in Hebrews chapter 6. And uh, in this session today, we're going to be looking at the doctrine of baptisms. I encourage you to have a Bible, to read your Bible, to uh, follow along the scriptures that we share, and open your heart to let the Spirit of God touch you and change you right where you are. We will pray for you right at the end of the session, and we'll believe for the Spirit of God to come into the room where you're watching and to touch your life very, very powerfully. Let's just open our our, uh, Bible, Hebrews 6. And uh, we started... Uh, A couple of weeks ago, and uh, let's read the first few verses in Hebrews chapter 6. And Paul, uh, the author's writing He's saying, Leaving the discussions of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection or maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works, of faith towards God, of the doctrine of baptisms, of the laying on of hands, of resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment, And this we will do if God permits. And so the author is uh, uh, speaking, first of all, about the challenges that these Christian believers were very mature. They actually should be teaching the Word of God. They should have enough in them now to be able to instruct others, help others. And yet they remained immature. They remained spiritually like infants. And so he says, well, we want all of us, let us all go on to maturity. In other words, God's goal for every one of us as a believer is to grow into maturity. But for that to happen, he says, there are two things need to happen. Number one, you must have a foundation in your life. If the foundation is not laid, you cannot become all that God intended you to become. It is impossible. See, and the second thing is, and you can't go on to maturity unless God permits. So God has a vital part in your growth and development to fulfill your course and your destiny if you wish to remain a child well that's fine but it's not what god has planned for you and you're selling yourself short of all that god intends so you notice he says here laying a foundation and the foundation of any building is unseen it's under the building supports the building and we saw in christchurch during the earthquake. If the foundations aren't secure and the ground it stands on is not secure, then the whole building can collapse very easily. And so there's a foundation to be built into your life. It is a spiritual foundation. It is something real and substantial. When it's there, you can build your life. When it isn't there, your life just goes in what seems to be a cycle of the same kinds of things and you never grow up and never mature. That's not God's plan, God's plan is for us to grow and to represent Him and to advance His kingdom everywhere that He positions us. So we saw the first two of these foundations. Number one was repentance from dead works, the turning away and abandoning activities and things that we do, trying to somehow gain favor with God. Uh, dead works that have no life in them, that are full of duty and guilt, obligation, uh, motivated by fear and the wrong kinds of motivations. Any work and activity not motivated by love and a response from God uh, becomes a dead work and The second one was faith, trust in the living God, and we shared some aspects that, without faith it 's impossible to please God. We must learn how to lean on him and to trust in him and it 's not just something you start your journey with it 's something you continue walking in and the biggest challenge in all of that is the challenge to let go of control and to learn how to trust and so Then we come to the next one You notice it says that the foundation here Is the doctrine of baptisms So in other words The teaching concerning baptisms Is the thing that becomes the foundation in your life So people say Well I don't understand what that is about Well the word doctrine just means literally To teach or to instruct But when we think of that We think from a western viewpoint We think like this We think oh I've got something to learn And so I've read the book I've got some information That's it But from a Hebrew point of view, doctrine was something you believed and put into daily practice. There was no such thing in the Hebrew culture that doctrine and lifestyle were separated. That is a Greek concept. So when it says about the doctrine, it's talking about beliefs which you live out in your life. So the beliefs, the teaching, the insight concerning baptism is something for you to live out daily in your life. And as you live it out, a foundation for building a life with God is established. So when most people read that, they overlook the word doctrine straight away and they just think baptism or oh, I've been baptized. But when you look at their life, it's evident that they're not living with a foundation properly established. They've had an experience, but the foundation has not been properly put in their life. That's why they can't stand. And so the foundation here is the teaching that surrounds baptisms, plural, more than one baptism. And so God wants us, if we're gonna grow and mature and have insight, to understand what is the teaching associated with baptism and then embrace that insight and begin to live that out. So when we see that then, we realize then, let's have a look at the word baptism, first of all. Uh, If I just read a couple of scriptures to you in Mark chapter four, verse 20. And uh, the word baptism, of course, uh, is a word where you read it and you think baptism, well, I don't know, well, I'm from the Anglicans or from the Catholics. Well, you take the child and you sprinkle on them, and that's, that's what baptism meant for me when I was growing up. Uh, you may have the word baptism, you've been a Pentecostal church, maybe like me, later on you went down the river and got baptized in a river, so that's what it means to you. The word baptism uh, is a, this is what happened originally when it was in the uh, original language, Uh, King James, when he got it translated, didn't want to offend the local church of his day. So he said, don't do anything that'll upset them. So what they did was they just translated the word baptizo and made a baptism. And so they never really translated it. And if you really want to understand what the word is, you've got to see how they used it. So in Mark, it tells us that Jesus, uh, here's the scripture here. It says that Jesus, uh, let's uh, see if I can find it here, Uh, Mark, uh, around about 14, verse 20, it uh, one of the 12 who dips his finger in the water with me. That word to dip into the water is the word bapto, word baptism. So to dip into the water. So bapto always is, is the root from which baptism comes. It means you dip into something. It's never a sprinkling on. It's always an immersion into something. Uh, in another scripture, Luke 16, 24, uh, the, the man in hell cries out, send Lazarus that he may dip the finger of his, uh, tip of his finger in water and give it to me to drink because I'm tormented. So notice, dip the finger into water. So it's an immersion. If a boat sank, it was was baptized. It sank into the water. If you dye a garment, you baptize it. You put it into the dye, and it comes out, and it's changed. So always the thinking and understanding to a Hebrew reading this is very, very simple. To baptize someone is to immerse them completely into something. You are always baptized into something. So as we look at the word, what these different baptisms are, I want you to think that you are placed into something. So we put our hand into the water. You put your hand in the water, you're immersed, and surrounded by water, the water has an effect on you, you get wet. So when we're looking at the word baptisms and the teaching of baptisms, the teaching of baptisms is about you being immersed into something you were not in before. It's about being placed into something and it always concerns change. So when we look at these different baptisms, every one of them represents a change in your lifestyle in some kind of way. And so we're gonna do it in two sessions. I wanna look at two of them. I'll list them all for you first of all, and then we'll just look at two of them briefly. And uh, so what are the different baptisms? Well, in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 13, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 13, it says, by one spirit, we are baptized into one body. The Bible talks about us being baptized into christ that word christ means the anointed one it can be a uh, represent jesus christ who was jesus of nazareth the anointed one it can represent the body of christ which is also called god's christ the body of jesus christ on this earth his representation so one of the baptisms is a baptism into christ into him jesus christ and into his body. I'll go back to that just shortly. The second baptism is referred to in Romans 6, verse 3. As many of us were baptized into Jesus Christ, we were baptized into his death. So, a second baptism is a baptism of water. So, we are baptized by a person and we're dipped into water. I was put into a river. It wasn't a river in flood, but it was a great river. I've tried to baptize people in rivers in flood. It's quite fun, really. You've got to hold them real tight. But, uh, So there's a baptism in water. uh, And uh, we sometimes have quite a difference or separation in time between a person receiving Christ and being baptized in water. We'll see in the Bible that was not so. They just baptized them as soon as they believed. In some cultures, you can believe in Jesus Christ. To them, he's just another God. But the day you get baptized, you have sent a clear message to everyone, I'm a Christian. So in some cultures... The day you are baptized is the day that it's clear to everyone who you are and where you stand. So water baptism, for some in some cultures, means the difference between life and death. The day they get baptized, they're shut off from their family, shut off from their relatives, shut off from the culture, and now they are really living a different life. They've entered a new way of life. Uh, So the third baptism in Luke uh, 3.16. Uh, Jesus will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. So there's a baptism in the Holy Ghost. We'll talk about that. So each of these baptisms is an entrance. It's an entrance into something that has changed. And so the baptism in the Holy Ghost is an entrance for you into the supernatural realm. Some people never go past that. They never go past the entrance or the doorway. But the baptism in the Holy Spirit enables you to enter the realm of supernatural living because of what the other two baptisms mean. We'll come back to them just shortly. And finally, a baptism in fire. He'll baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. So the baptism in fire, we'll explain a little bit about that. But basically, that represents a change taking place in your soul as you go through difficult experiences of life, which the Lord allows you to go through. And it's like a fire begins to hit your life. How many have been through a fiery experience recently or the last year? The purpose of it was very simple. It was to bring change in your soul it's to help you to see the need to let go control and to learn how to surrender and yield to the lord and let his life flow through you so even though we put a hand up and said jesus christ is my lord we find as we walk with god many areas are unsurrendered and fiery experiences can bring dramatic change internally in our life and from that we begin to grow further and further into the purpose of god so there we have it so we've got four baptisms mentioned there the first one baptism into christ is a change in identity it's a change in who you are the second one is a change in your positioning in relationship to the spiritual powers you are now out of the kingdom of darkness and in the kingdom of light the third one is a change from being powerless to having power and the fourth one is a change in your soul so you can walk with the holy ghost and live a life that's incredibly productive so everyone is a change so let's have a look now i'm just going to go briefly through two of these baptisms baptism into christ and baptism in water and i want you just to allow the spirit of god to just help open your understanding to what the instruction concerning this baptism is because as you get a hold of it and embrace it and live in it it shifts you you change one of the most common struggles that believers have is this. They keep thinking and remembering how they used to be and live condemned because old problems seem to be there. The devil seems to continually condemn them. Let's just have a look at two or three scriptures uh, related to this. want you have a look with me first in John chapter 20 and verse 21. And we're going to look about what it means to be baptized into Christ, baptized into Christ. And there are some distinct meanings and distinct parts to it. I want you to have a look with me in John chapter 20 and verse 21. John 20 and verse 21. Now this is talking about the operation or work of the Holy Spirit where you are born again and become changed in who you are. And so it starts in John 20, verse 21. Jesus had received and had the disciples there uh, in front of him after he had died. And then he said, as the Father sent me, I send you. So he's sending them into the world. He's sending them on a mission of advancing a kingdom. But they cannot advance the kingdom of God unless they themselves have a foundational experience of being placed into the kingdom of God, of being placed into Christ, of being placed into His kingdom. And so you notice it says here, when He had said this to them, He breathed on them, and said, receive the Holy Ghost. So at that moment of time, as Jesus breathed upon them, the Spirit of God flowed from Him, came into them, and a change took place inside them. A change took place. They, the Bible says, uh, when we receive Jesus Christ, in 1 Corinthians 6 verse 7, He says, We become joined to Christ. That's a marriage term. You are in covenant connection. He that's joined to the Lord, one spirit. So you notice the first thing that happens is God puts his spirit into your spirit. You are now one with God. You are one with Jesus Christ. You are one with the spirit of God. You are joined. The spirit of God is fused with your spirit. You are one. You have now had something dramatic take place inside you the old nature which used to live in sin now is declared to be dead now you're born and you're a new person in god's eyes you're a totally new creation it says so the first thing is the spirit of god comes in second is now the spirit is god inside me and i'm born again now i am joined to the lord i cannot be not joined to the lord i am joined and one spirit with him The third thing that happens is, now I'm a new creation. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, it tells us, now you become a new creation. The old has passed away. You say, well, I don't feel like the old has passed away. Nevertheless, it's a spirit reality. Your experience may be that you still wrestle with old things. But the teaching of baptism in relationship to this is, you have been translated out of the kingdom darkness you're in the kingdom of light you are a new person it uh, teaches very very clearly that the power of sin has been broken you are placed into christ so when god looks at you now he sees his son in you before he saw adam in you he saw the fallen man now he sees his son in you he sees you as a place or a, as a part of a body of people called the body of Christ and notice what it tells us in 1 Corinthians 12 just have a look at that 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 13 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 13 Notice what it says here it says now by one spirit we were all immersed into one body now there may be lots of different churches around with different names It makes no difference. There's only one body of Christ. Those different names, uh, historic names representing different waves of reviving in God, but they often become dividers. The body of Christ, it consists of those people who are joined to Jesus Christ and have embraced their identity in Him. You are now a new creation. You are no longer a sinner. Do you sin? Yes, you do from time to time. But from God's eye, from God's point of view, you are now in His Son. When He looks at you, He sees His anointed Son, Jesus Christ. When He looks at you, He has placed you and hidden you in His Son. He sees the life of His Son in you. You are a totally new person. Not only that, that same Spirit that placed you and joined you to Jesus Christ now has placed you into a body where you have a new identity and a destiny. Before your eternal destiny, was one separated from God. Now being baptized into Christ means I'm a totally new person, completely new. All things have passed away. Now I have to believe that, hold on to that, and then outwork that in my life. I don't have to make myself more spiritual. I do not have to make myself a better person. I already have changed. That old me has died. That old me has been crucified when I identified with Jesus Christ. So now there's a new creation. And not only that, you're not only born into the family of God, now you're part of a body of people. This is an aspect of the truth that people struggle with. Christianity is not to be lived alone. You are part of a body. You're part of a many-membered body. Notice what it says down in verse 27. It says, now you are the body of Christ. You are the physical representation of Jesus Christ on the earth now. You're joined to him, one spirit. And so therefore, when you and I walk the earth, Jesus Christ is walking the earth again through individuals who are connected as part of one body with him as the head. Very important to understand that. If you don't, if your head, if you don't listen to the commands of your head, your body sort of can't, over the place you've got major problems in your life if your head does a lot of thinking but there's no connection to the limbs in your body you're confined to a wheelchair you see it's important every one of us is joined to the head getting instructions from the head but god also connects us to a body that's why the local church is important the local church is just one part of the body of christ it's a place usually has a unique dna unique flow of life of god according to the men of God that have been raised up in there. And so it has the capacity to prepare people in a certain way. So different local churches are quite different in many ways, yet we are all one body of Christ. That's why we bless the other churches and do not speak against them. It is wrong to speak against them. Why? Because in doing so, you're speaking against the body of Christ. We're one body. It is right and godly to bless the churches of our city, pray for the pastors, pray for the success of churches why because from God's point of view there's only one body of Christ so the first thing that happens then is the spirit of God comes into us and the first foundation of baptism is this your old person's gone you're a new person now you're a totally new person and you're part of a body which is found in every nation of the earth you're part of a group of people called the church of the living God, the body of Jesus Christ. Called to represent him and make a difference, advancing his kingdom. You're called to do something. Know him and do something. Advance his kingdom. It's Fantastic. So we're part of a body. So embracing that truth enables you to understand this. If I embrace the truth, I'm baptized into Christ. He's in me and I'm in him and I'm part of a body Now I begin to think differently. I need other people. They have something that they can give to me to help me grow as a believer. I have something to give to them. I have a destiny that's worked out in a local church, but also in the community. You and I now are different people. But you see, if you don't embrace that truth, you'll live like you just, nothing much has happened. You just come to church. Christianity's never been about coming to church. It's about being church. It's about being someone connected vitally to God who has an overflow of kingdom life to give to others. You need to say, I am a gift to this community. We are a gift to this community. We are a gateway into heaven because we're joined to Christ. His life is able to flow through me. You can understand why this is called the principles of Christ, the anointed body. Jesus Christ is in heaven. He also has a body anointing, anointed by him and representing him in the earth. Not just pastors and leaders and ministers represent him. You represent him because you're part of the body of Christ. Now you start to take that truth into you and think about every day I go out, I'm joined to Almighty God. God is in me. I'm in Jesus Christ. He's in me. And I represent him in the earth. Now that'll affect the way you live. It'll affect how you do stuff. You go into your business. It doesn't matter what you're doing seven days of the week. You're still who you are. You're not, if you're one thing on Sunday and something different on Monday, it's called a hypocrite. But you are what? You are a believer. You're born again. The Spirit of God is in you. You now represent and carry the life of the King inside you. Now, that is a foundational part of baptism. I'm no longer who I used to be. I'm a new person now. I think differently, live differently. I have a destiny to outwork. It's found within a body see so let's go to the second one then the water baptism baptism of water matthew chapter 3 and verse 13 to 15. matthew chapter 3 even jesus got baptized matthew chapter 3 here it is and says john was baptizing matthew 3 and uh, uh, jesus came from galilee to john at the jordan to be baptized by him john tried to stop him he said well he recognized who jesus was son of god i need to be baptized you and you're coming you're coming to me Jesus said, now notice this, Permit it to be so, for it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Now, John's baptism was a baptism in repentance. He required that men repent of their sin, believe in God, and then he would baptize them. Always repenting of sin and believing in God comes before baptizing them. When the Pharisees came to him, he wouldn't baptize them. He said, your life doesn't show up that you have repented and believed. You're just turning up because you want to be a part of the crowd and don't want to miss out on anything. Your motives aren't right. So John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. It was only a partial thing to prepare the way for Jesus Christ's coming. Now, Jesus committed no sin. He had no need to be water baptized. Nevertheless, he said, it's right that I do this. It is right that I do this. So you notice this, that Jesus had committed no sin. He was baptized to establish a pattern and an example for us. He went down and submitted to the ministry of his day. He submitted to the anointed man of God who had the word of God in that hour, the prophetic anointed prophet of God in that hour. In other words, he submitted to what God was saying in that hour. He went down into the water of baptism and came up. It says, notice that's what it says, the experience he had. Immediately the heavens were opened. He saw the Spirit of God came on him like a dove alighting on him. And then suddenly a voice from heaven came saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. So he encountered God at his water baptism. He was also baptized in the Holy Ghost. Now, you and I are called to be water baptized. There are two conditions to be water baptized. The first condition is very simply is repentance. Repentance in uh, Acts chapter 2, verse 37, verse 38, Peter had preached. And after he preached, he said, what must we do to be saved? He said, repent and be baptized. In other words, turn away from a life that's not Christ-centered, a life that's not God-centered, a life that is self-centered and turn to the living God. So, first thing, repentance. Then in uh, the book of Mark, In Mark 16, verse 15, 16, Jesus said, Go preach the gospel, and he that believes and is baptized will be saved. Now, you notice repenting, believing, and baptism are all connected. It is important you are water baptized. If you were sprinkled as an infant, you were not water baptized according to what the Bible says. You need to be baptized after repentance and faith. There's no evidence anywhere... In the Bible, that there wasn't repentance and faith; these were the conditions before baptism. It doesn't say how old a person is, but they must be old enough to be aware of sin, to have turned from sin, and have trusted Jesus Christ. Then they get water baptism. So, what is the con- so? Notice this: that water baptism itself is built on the foundation of repentance, faith in Christ, Spirit of God's come in. You've been brought into Christ, into the body of Christ. Now, what's the obvious thing to do? The obvious thing to do is to bury in a symbolic way, in a representative way, to make a statement outwardly of the change that's taken place inwardly. So when you get water baptized, it's not you go down and we sing a few songs, you go down the water and come up and you get wet, and maybe raise your hands. It's much, much more than that. There's a teaching connected with it and it's the teaching of it and associated with the doing of it that brings about the change. It is possible for you to experience massive deliverance when you get water baptized i've seen people get massively delivered i've seen people go down to that water come up and many many aspects of their old life just disappeared in a moment why because they held onto the truth associated with baptism water baptism let's have a quick look at it in romans chapter 6 romans chapter 6 and then we'll just finish up romans chapter 6 Romans 6. And we read these verses here. We'll read from verse 1. And uh, Paul is talking about sin reigning over people and now the possibility of the power of God living in our life and reigning in our life. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin so grace can abound? Certainly not. How shall we, notice what he said, who have died to sin, not will die, have died to sin. That's what the Bible says. This is part of the teaching of baptism. Water baptism. When you came to Christ, you identified with Him. What did you identify? He was our representative. He went to the cross representing us. He died as our representative. He was buried as our representative. He rose by faith in the power of God and is alive and full of resurrection life. And now listen. Here's what baptism is. Baptism we identify with what he has done. Notice what it says here. Shall we who have died to sin? You've already died to sin. You're dead to sin. Before you were a Christian, sin had power over you. You had no power over sin. You could discipline your life. You could try real hard, but sin always was there, waiting to conquer you. When a person comes to Christ, that's what it says. It says, we have died to sin. Don't you realize as many of us were baptized into Christ, were baptized into his death we were immersed into his death i'll explain this in a moment and says therefore we are buried with him through baptism into death that just as christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the father we would now walk or live with a different lifestyle so he says it's not just the water baptism it's the lifestyle it's the difference between living a life where you live in sin and self-centeredness, doing your own thing, and a life where the Spirit of God is in you and you're starting to live by the power of the Holy Ghost and the life of God, the resurrection life, shining through you, changing you, giving you victory, giving you power in your life. Notice what it says here. It says, knowing this, verse 5, if we've been united with Him in the likeness of His death, so shall we be in His resurrection. Knowing this, our old man... Was crucified with him that the, Now that's not your father there Your old man is your old nature Was crucified with him That the body of sin might be done away with No longer slaves to sin For he who has died Is now free from sin So if we died with Christ We believe we shall live with him Verse 11 Now reckon yourselves Now here's the key in baptism Reckon yourself I'm dead to sin it has no power. Now, let me just give it to you in just a few simple things. The first thing is, our old nature that caused us continually to sin had no help of reforming and changing. When Jesus Christ died, when you put your trust in Him, His death was your death. When you trust in Him, the spiritual reality is this, that the power of sin in your life has been broken. Not only when he died, you also legally died with him. Now, if you've legally died, the devil's got nothing to accuse you of. You can't accuse a dead man of anything. You, you see, see, a person's got a problem with alcohol and cigarettes and all that kind of stuff, and, and they continually can't get over it. But if they're dead, you can put a bottle in front of them and they're not going to touch it. Why won't they touch it? They're dead. There's nothing in there alive anymore that goes for those things. So what he's saying is this, that when... Christ died on the cross if you put your trust in Christ then God considers it a legal reality that you died then you literally died your old nature its power was completely broken and was taken to the cross and died with you the only thing you could do with the person who's dead is bury them so you bury them under the ground so not only were we crucified with Christ when he was buried we were buried with him what happened then power of God raised him up to live with the resurrection life so these are the realities now that you are free from the power of sin so how do you get free from the power of sin well here's the thing most people try and do they just try harder and when you try harder you're always condemned you need to be able to be in a place see when you get water baptized I get water baptized I got water baptized I was declaring to spirit powers The old Mike Connell died. It's right and fitting today. We bury him. And he's out of your sight legally. The new person's risen up. who is joined to Jesus Christ. Spirit of God is in him. He's part of a body of people. And the resurrection life of Christ is in him. He will live to advance the kingdom of God and destroy the works of the devil. Sin? Oh, I'm dead to sin. If you will take the position you're dead to sin then the reality is sin doesn't have its power anymore over you so the teaching of baptism is since power is broken you are free, you're a free man now after the second world war, you know the war was over and it was declared that the, you know, the, uh, that, uh, the uh, Japanese had been defeated but there were still many people in a prison camp and they were in a prison camp because they didn't know the truth And when they did find the truth, they were still too scared to actually do what they needed to do, which is to stand up and take over the camp and walk out. And many people today live like a prisoner in a prisoner of war camp. Already the battle has been won at Calvary. Already God has established a spirit reality that you are free from the powers of darkness. You are free from the power of sin. But if you don't wrap yourself in your heart and embrace that foundational truth, you live like you're in a prisoner of war camp, still bound by old sins and old ways. But if I get the truth, I'm free. I can arise in my spirit and decree into the spirit powers. Power of sin is broken. The life of God is in me and the law of life of the spirit in me overcomes the law of sin and death. Are there struggles? Yes but you don't win them by struggling, trying to overcome sin. You get them by taking your position in the spirit. The work is done. I'm already free. Its power is broken. I'll acknowledge that and hold to that. Water baptism is your declaration to spirit powers and to the world around you. My old life living in sin is over. I'm a dead man and dead men get buried. Now, when I rise up, There's a new person, a new creation, full of the Holy Ghost, full of the life of God, ready to advance the kingdom of God. Part of a body of people called the body of Christ, called to advance the kingdom of God in every nation of the earth. What a great truth. What an exciting truth. What an exciting truth. First two foundational things in the teaching of baptisms. One, I'm a new person. I'm joined to the living God. Two, the power of sin is broken. I'm a free man. And if I'm free, do I need to be condemned? No. No condemnation to those who are in Christ. Walk after the spirit of life. Why? The old man died. And he's condemned, but not me. I've risen again. I'm part of the body of Christ. I'm joined to Jesus Christ. No condemnation to me now. I'm in Christ. Oh, there might be immaturity. There might be the occasional lapses and falls and difficulties. But there's no condemnation. Why? Because I've escaped that in Christ. I now have a new life in him. What an amazing thing. Well, you do need to embrace those truths. You're a new person. Live like a new person. Think like a new person. When you get up tomorrow, I'm a new creation in Christ. I'm born again. Spirit of God re- lives within me. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead is quickening my body today, giving me energy and life, quickening my mind, quickening my thoughts, quickening my hair. My, I'm joined to the living God and I'm part of a great body of people. It's spread throughout the world. What a great, it's going to take over the world. The Bible says in the book of Revelation, Now the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord. Who's that? Our Lord Jesus Christ and his Christ, his anointed body walking under his kingdom. What a great day we live in. Well, so no wonder I need to get water baptized. Need to make it right, smart, clear. I'm out of that old scheme. I'm a new person. I'm getting up new. See, so water baptism is so powerful. Being baptized, placed into Christ, into a body and a family and buried, the old thing buried, so I can step up into the new. Well, I can't wait till next week to get filled with the Holy Ghost. So next week, you want to come along, get filled with the Holy Ghost. We'll pray and lead people through to get filled with the Holy Ghost. Why? It's only the entrance. It's a baptism into a new realm. It's a baptism into a new dimension. It's a baptism into a supernatural life of the kingdom, a life of miracles, uh, where the kingdom of God is advanced through people who believe. No wonder it says all in the body of Christ can prophesy. All of you can move in the gifts. Why aren't you doing it? Well, probably you've forgotten the truth of baptism about who you really are Oh well I'm just me and I'm condemned Listen that's not who you are You're an anointed person You're a person called to carry the life of God You need to know who you are In Jesus Christ He says child of God He says born again He says an ambassador He says you are blessed with every blessing You've got to just start to agree with what he says That's what this baptism thing's all about It's about being immersed Into the realities of the new creation and staying there because you believe the truth Now wonder, So many people just get baptised And their life doesn't change Because they didn't get a hold of the foundation in their life oh, I'm a different person now A new person And that new person is a loving person A generous person If I read the Bible I can find what the new person is like The old one Well I used to be mean and selfish and fearful But the new creation man is a quite different person So that's who I am That's me I identify with that Oh, well, that's the old things just trying to come back. But that's not who I am. This is who I am. I'm loving and I'm generous and full of God. You see, who are you? You'll live out of who you believe you are. And if you still believe you're that poor wretch, lost in sin and condemned and struggling and in bondage, you will live that way. So the doctrine of baptisms is a foundation of believing it causes you to step up into the reality of who Jesus says you are. Water baptism demonstrates your belief in that. Holy Ghost baptism launches you into a reality of it in terms of power. Baptism is suffering are the experiences which we welcome and rejoice over because they enable Christ to be seen more clearly. What a great foundation. If you don't have that foundation in your life, you'll just live out of the old. You live out of the hole. Why don't we just close our eyes right now? Perhaps there's someone here who's never taken the first step, and perhaps as you're watching here, you've never taken the first step to receive Jesus Christ. This is what Jesus said. He said, to as many as believed in Him, He gave power to become a child of God. This is a day for you to become a child of God. It's a day for you to open your life to receive the Spirit of God. And the moment you receive the Spirit of God, as you turn away from sin and, and put your trust in Jesus Christ, Trust that he died and as your representative. He took all the punishment of sin and has made a way for you to be changed. As you believe and embrace that in your heart, I tell you something, you are changed. You are changed. You're going to be a new person, different person. The old will have passed away and straight away after that, you just want to get water baptized. Find a bath and fill it up or go to a river if it's a clean one or whatever. But get baptized real quick. And Let me just lead you in a simple prayer. What if we could just pray the prayer together. Father in heaven, I come to you in Jesus' name. I thank you for loving me, for sending Jesus Christ to die on the cross for my sins. Lord Jesus, I turn away from sin today. I receive you as my Savior. I give you my life today. I ask you to forgive me, to make me clean inside. By faith, I receive forgiveness now. I receive your spirit into my heart. And I give you my life today. Before heaven and earth I declare. Jesus Christ is my Savior and Lord. And my friend forever. Amen. Amen. Well if you've been watching and prayed that prayer for the first time. Welcome to the family of God. God's spirit has just come upon you and touched you. Next thing you will want to do is get water baptized. Someone who's there as a believer can take and get water baptized. Otherwise, fill the bath up and do it there. But get water baptized. Make a declaration to the spirit powers of your identification with Jesus Christ and that you are truly rising up to be a new person. Maybe there's some here today and you gave your life to Christ for the first time. At the end of the service, why don't you come up and we'd love to just pray with you. If you're here and you have never been water baptized, Why don't you make the decision? We've got water baptisms coming up. Be a great thing. Just write into the office, ring up the office, put your name and say, I'm going to be water baptized. I want to make a declaration to the unseen world of who I am now that I know. Amen. Come on, let's just stand together and let's just sing and celebrate the goodness of our God.